0: And upon his feet. And the return is Westbrook. Westbrook dangerous every time he has his hands on the football. The snap to Fiegel. He gets it away. It's a wobbly. Bounces across the 20. Westbrook takes it. Looks for running room. Up to 25. The 30. To the 35-40. 45 midfield. 45-40. Brian Westbrook. He's going! He's 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 going! 84 yards, no penalty flag. I don't believe it. Brian Westbrook has just exploded. And with 116 remaining, this place is in a state of shock. That's,
1: that's one of my all-time favorite Merrill calls. My, <laughs>
2: I love listening uh, to that call because I can't yeah. help but picture little pieces of Brian Westbrook all over the field because he's exploded.
0: Yeah.
1: By the way, this hour brought to you by Meridian Bank. Innovative business banking for entrepreneurial success. Meridian Bank. That was October nineteenth, two thousand three. Uh, Eagles are down all game. The Eagles are two and four. They're losing ten to seven with a minute and a half to go. And a two and four start at the year after reaching the NFC championship game was going to look really bad. And Brian Westbrook saved the J. Jeff Fiegels, by the way, on that punt. Former yep. former Eagle. Um and Ike Reese with a big block, big that may, block. May, may or may not have been clipping.
2: Just ask Ike. He made that whole play happen. He no, did. I'm, I'm, only he, he, I'm only
1: kidding. Well, no, he he sprung it. <laughs> he, did. Uh, he did. And it was and it was it was a great one. And it was a ton of fun. And... Yeah,
2: I rem- I remember covering that game, Glenn. And honestly, watching the Eagles' offense that day, it was like having your fingers slammed a car door for three hours. I mean, yeah. they <sighs> couldn't do anything. And and Donovan McNabb was terrible all day. He was fighting through. A hand injury at the time and really had trouble throwing the ball. And then Westbrook saved their bacon. Saved the day. Zach Berman of the Athletic. Do you remember that game? I remember watching it. I, I, I
1: was
3: not covering it. but well, I, do recall I know watching oh, it. you were
1: about seven years old. But <laughs> nonetheless, as a as a fan, as somebody who grew up around here, you had to remember that one.
3: Yeah, I was, I was at my grandfather's watching that game. I recall it well. There you go.
1: All right, Zach Berman, uh, who does a terrific job covering the team for the Athletic. Let's talk about it tonight. Um, And we've talked a lot about Jalen Hurts and what we hope to see and how we'll see it, but let's talk a little bit more about Lane Johnson and what he means for the offensive line and how you plan to look to see how he's doing, like what, what you're going to be looking for there. Well, the first thing is him staying on the
3: field, right? Because there's, there's a pain tolerance threshold, which is easy for me to say. It's much, it's, it's much harder for him to withstand. Uh, So, if if he can stay on the field, and I imagine he's he's going to be able to do that. In my 11 years covering the team, 10 of them, Lane Johnson's been on the team. Most of them, Lane Johnson has played through injuries. Uh, so, so he's pretty conditioned to doing this. And he said this is an injury that he thinks he can manage better than the ankle that was bothering him a few years ago. Uh, as As far as how he'll do out there and the effect that it will have, the effect that it will have is, is that it, it changes the way you block. When you keep Lane on an island on the right side, and now all of a sudden your interior alignment. Uh, so in his case Isaac Sayamalu, he doesn't have to worry about Lane's guy. He can just go inside and help with Dexter Lawrence, help help Kelsey uh, with Dexter Lawrence. So that's huge. And then in, in, in Lane Johnson's time here, the only thing I can say with absolute certainty is that they're a better team with him on the field than without him. It, it bears it out. So even if he's not at full strength, they're a better team having a version of Lane Johnson than without Lane Johnson at all.
2: So, Zach, let's switch quickly to the defensive side of the ball, because I do want to uh, ask you about Jalen Hurts in a second. Uh, but strategically, we saw what the Giants did last week with the Vikings having Daniel Jones uh, carry the ball and be a threat running the ball, and he's a very athletic quarterback. Uh, if you're Jonathan Gannon, what's the approach you're taking to try to corral the, the, the Giants' offense, and Jones in particular?
3: Well, this is a game, if I'm Gannon, where I'm, I'm really trusting my corners. Uh, they're, they're fortunate to have two all-pro caliber corners, which is a, a luxury they haven't had here in a really long time, and most teams don't. And so um, I'm trusting those corners against the Giants' wide receivers. I'm playing more man than they typically do. Um, I'm keeping eyes on on Jones. Uh, in, in terms of, of running the ball. I'm um, being aggressive, not, and, and that doesn't mean blitzing, but, um, you don't have to sit back and worry as much about the big play in this game because I, I think what the Giants, their strategy is going to be offensively is to try to slow this game down, convert third downs, keep the Eagles offense off the field and try to make it a close game in the fourth quarter. And so the, the, the way the Eagles need to combat that is they need to get off the field on third downs. They can't allow extended drives here because that will play into the Giants' recipe. Uh, so I, I think the Eagles have the advantage personnel-wise, and I think they trust their corners more in man coverage than in most weeks.
1: All right. So at the risk of repeating what you just said, I may repeat what you just said, which is I looked at the two games that the Eagles really lost this year. Taking out the Cowboys game, which was which was different, where the the defense really got torched, but Washington and New Orleans won because they were able to sustain drives. And as you said, they were able to take it down to third and two and convert. And they just bleed clock and and kept the Eagles offense off the field. Um, and so, and again, I think I'm kind of piggybacking on what you said. It seems to me if you can trust your corners to play man, and the Giants don't have great wide receivers, so I think you can. I mean, he's a big play slave for a reason. Bradbury's had a great year then you can really focus on not letting Saquon Barkley get six or not letting Daniel Jones convert. And I think that that's, that's the whole key to the game. You're on absolutely side of the correct ball.
3: there. Yeah. yeah, you are correct there. Because that's the way the Giants offense is going to stay on the field, frankly, is if Daniel Jones can hold the ball off script uh, and pick up six yards on, on, on third and four, or if there's a play when Saquon Barkley leaks out on a third and six, and, and, and he catches the ball, makes someone miss, and he, and, and he gains yards after catch. I don't think the Giants are equipped to beat the Eagles with you know long plays of of fifteen, twenty yards downfield. They they don't have that's a that's that's not necessarily their offense. They don't have those skill position players, and the Eagles have the. The corners to withstand that. So there are teams that you go against where you're absolutely trying to take away the big play and, and you have eyes on a, on a particular receiver at all times. I don't think the Giants, I don't think that's the way they're going to beat you. So you, you need to, you know, keep them, uh, force Jones to, to get rid of the ball, um, or at least think about it. You can't allow him to get off script.
2: Zach, I've covered the the team for a long time. You obviously have covered it very intimately for, as you said, 11 years, I think. I've never seen a situation like this Jalen Hurts situation in terms of a team and a player kind of talking up how injured he is. Uh, It's been such a big discussion topic, and it's been one that the Eagles have been, certainly Hurts himself and Nick Sirianni have been very open about, about talking about about how, the fact that he's injured. What do you expect to see from Jalen Hurts tonight, and what do you think the Eagles need to see to, from him to win this game?
3: I think we can expect to see the pre-injury Jalen Hurts, or at, at, at least in terms of the game plan, that's what I'm expecting. I think Jalen Hurts is going to run. I think there's going to be zone reads. There's going to be, there's going to be RPOs. There's going to be RPRs. It's, it's going to be the, the, the way they want this offense to function. Um, it's more than a month now since the injury. Uh, uh, since the injury first happened, number one, and then number two, and this is an obvious statement, but it's two weeks past the last time he played, and so he's two weeks healthier. And I, I think that what you saw in that last game is, as Jalen Hurts said, uh, they were it was it was just enough, right? They they did enough to win, and I I think it it, it was a deliberate game plan then. And the whole purpose was to get that first round by, give him a chance to rest, and you're going to see Jalen Hurts look the way he's looked, uh, or play the way he's played through the first uh, the first 15 weeks of the season. Well, that will that will make people <laughs> feel great. Hey, let
1: me let me just change the topic for a moment because um, we haven't talked about this, and I'm curious your take on it. The Eagles' offensive and defensive coordinators were, uh, I believe, both interviewed for potential Mm -hmm. head coaching jobs this week. I think it sounds like the Houston Texans are seriously considering Jonathan Gannon. It's interesting because they fired a head coach who was a defensive head coach in Lovie Smith, so you'd think they might go the other way, but whatever. Um, Two-part question. One, do you see one or both of these guys leaving? And two, do you buy into it being a distraction as a team works in the postseason?
3: I don't think it's a, a distraction, so I'll answer the second part first, in particular because they had the bye week. Uh, and I mean the team was off last weekend when these guys interviewed. If if you're in a situation like San Francisco is now where, you know, D'Amico Ryan's is interviewing at, at at the end of the week, that's 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 the way it, it is for the teams that played in the wild card weekend, um, that could potentially come up, you know, I but as far as, as, as the Eagles guys, they did their interviews on Saturday, Sunday, there was there was not much going on. There was you know, in in building those days. Um, so I I don't think it's a distraction I, as far as their chances of getting the job. I think Gannon's a a very um, hot hot candidate down in Houston. They really liked him last year. There were a lot of kind of complicating factors when that decision was made that that went into those decisions. But I know that Houston really liked Gannon then. And and Gannon's the type of guy who he has leadership qualities and personality attributes that when he sits down and explains what his plan is, um, I I can definitely see management getting behind that. In terms of Shane Steichen, what he, if you you look at what he's done with Jalen Hurts, you look at at what he did with Justin Herbert. Um, he's been around young quarterbacks here. He's a very um, well-regarded offensive mind. And if you're a team such as Carolina or Indianapolis um, or even Houston, and you're planning to develop a young quarterback in the next few years, Steichen fits that profile of candidate. Now there are a few other guys like that, but I can see Steichen, especially in the mix in Carolina, if, you know, say Sean Payton doesn't go there.
2: Zach, what's your prediction for tonight?
3: I think the Eagles win. Um, I mean, the Eagles are the, the better team on both sides of the ball. Uh, they They have more rest, they have home field advantage. They check every box in this game, and I think the Giants are a well coached team that plays that, that plays hard, but there 's this narrative that that this is not a team you want to see right now in in terms of the Giants. They beat Vikings last week, and before that, their only wins since uh, the start of November have been against Houston, Washington, and Indianapolis uh, So I think this is a a team that the Eagles can and will handle well, but I, I, I don't think it's going to look like week 14. I, I think it, it, it's going to be a single-digit win, but it's going to be enough for the Eagles to advance next week.
1: All right, so let's jump the gun one more time here. Who are they going to play now? Who are they going to host next week?
3: <laughs> I think Dallas, honestly. Um, oh, and I, wow, I, I know right. San Francisco is really hot, um, and San Francisco is a tough team, but Dallas is not – I don't know if, if Dallas is totally getting the credit – that they might deserve. They're a high variance team. I thought there was a chance they could lose the Tampa uh, when they played them last week. But they do so many things well. They can score on offense. They can get after the quarterback on defense. Uh, that's a really tough team. And I think they have the pass rushers to overwhelm Purdy.
1: Dallas Eagles NFC Championship game here next week would be epic. <laughs>
2: That, that would th- there would be a mushroom cloud over South Philadelphia. I think.
1: oh God, oh my! That'd be terrific. It gives us something to root for. Zach Berman, follow him on Twitter at ZBerm. Always a pleasure. Thanks for being our guest as always. Thanks for having me on, hey,
2: Zach. Take before care. you go, and I want to say this to the listeners.